in need of some sportswear or just want to rep your favorite team, I know occasionally I like to do so. Well, do it in style and shop with the 47 brand. Premium headwear and apparel style since 1947. Officially licensed gear by your favorite team. I have bought a couple pieces from this website. I love the 47 brand. Great brand, great quality, and affordable prices. Go check out the 47 brand. Man, how's everybody doing out there? How's everybody doing out there? I hope you guys are wearing your mask. Um, I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, I, I was excited to have sports back last night. You know, there's a couple NBA scrimmages on. Caught, caught some of those. Uh, the MLB is back. Uh, the Nationals played the Yankees. Dodgers played the Giants. That was, though, you know, that Yankees game, the Nationals game, got canceled. It, you know, due to the weather, it got delayed, and they, they ended it early. Um, the Dodgers game, watch that. They they dominated the game. That was pretty good. So it was just good to see or, or good to have sports back, live actual sports back. Uh, you know, hopefully this is a sight to see. Hopefully, you know, the COVID cases. And like I said, players are going to get COVID, but I hope hopefully the COVID cases uh don't affect a lot of players. Hopefully it won't you know it won't impact uh most outcomes or important outcomes, especially with the NBA, but with the MLB too. Because if players get sick and teams lose a couple games, lose a couple, you know, going like a seven game loser streak, that could be their that could be their playoff chances. So let's just get into it. Uh I got a hot take for you guys. I got a hot take. I'm gonna give you this hot take after I play this instrumental. Okay, so welcome back everybody to another episode of the IKP, episode 139 of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Throughout that little um, instrumental that I played for you guys, I was just chewing on some of my watermelon. But um, welcome back. I am your humble and highly favored host, Isaiah Kid. Welcome back, welcome back. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I've been... I, so, I've been thinking about this take for a while now. I've been thinking about this take for a while. And I think it's a really interesting take. Now, I saw reactions and I saw Colin Cowherd talk about this as far as Kawhi. And, and my take is this. This is my take. Before I talk about that, this is my take. If Kawhi wins the finals this year. If the Clippers win the finals this year and Kawhi wins this year, he you can make the argument that he's a top 10 player of all time. Simple as that. You can make the argument that he's a top 10 player of all time. And I'm willing to make that argument. If he wins this year, if he wins the title this year, you can make that argument that he's a top 10 player of all time. Now, 
I saw Colin Cowherd talk about this same, this very same topic, and he said if Kawhi wins the title this year, he'd be a top five player of all time. No, that's too quick. <laughs> that's too quick. Uh, that's been like a prisoner of the moment. That's more uh, recency bias. That's more of a prisoner of the moment. No, not top five. But you can make a really strong case for him being a top ten player of all time. But before I even get into that spiel, I'm going to give you guys my top 10 players of all time. And I'm not going to do no explanation because I'm going to talk about Kawhi. And first, at 10, I will have Hakeem Olajuwon. At 9, I will have Tim Duncan. At 8, I will have Larry Bird. At 7, I will have Bill Russell. At 6, Shaq. At 5, I have Kobe at four, I have Magic. At three, I have Kareem. And at two, I have LeBron. And at one, I have Michael. Now, let's talk about Kawhi. If Kawhi wins the title this year, he'll be the first player in NBA history to win three finals MVPs for three different teams. Now, this is, what, what, this is, this is a club... That Kawhi is already sort of in. Kawhi is one of three players to win two finals MVPs for two different teams. Those other two players are Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and LeBron James. So he's already in that club. But Kawhi is also in another club. He's in the Defensive Player of the Year and Finals MVP club where Hakeem Olajuwon, Michael Jordan, and Kawhi Leonard, all three of them are in those clubs and an all-star MVP. So with Kawhi Leonard, uh, I know some people may argue, well, the longevity, he doesn't have longevity. I got you on that. The, the pace that Kawhi Leonard is on if he was to win his third title this year in the Orlando bubble, he have three titles at the age of 29. He have three titles at the age of 29. Mind you, that is like you, you want me to you want me to explain the type of pace he'd be on if he won the title this year? He'd be on the same he'd be on the same trajectory as Michael Jordan and LeBron James. That, that, I mean, if you, look at, if you look at his accomplishments, his accolades, the titles, and him turning 30, he'd be on that same pace. Why wouldn't he be? Why wouldn't, why wouldn't you be able to make the argument that he's a top 10 player of all time? You can mention points, but I think with Kawhi... You know, obviously, like I said, he doesn't have the longevity. He's only played nine years. In those nine years, he averages 57 games per season. So there is an argument to be made, availability. He, he He barely plays half of the season, you could argue. But with Kawhi, he is go- he's going to go down as one of the best 
defenders, one of the best wing defenders in league history. He's going to go down one of the best two-way players in league history. And if he wins another title this year, you would then have to probably, most people, most people would probably have to say he's probably the best best, he's probably the best player in the league. And he, you can make the argument that he's a top 10 player of all time. He's a top 10 player of all time. You could make that argument if he wins another title this year. I think Colin Cowherd went a little too far when he said top five. I don't think he's top five. You got you to gotta be to a certain, it's a certain criteria to crack the top five. And longevity is one of those things. Michael had longevity. LeBron has longevity. Kareem definitely had longevity. Magic had longevity. Kobe had longevity. Magic only played 13 seasons. But those 13 seasons, he was really dominant. He was really dominant. Got to the finals. T- got to like, he got to the finals like what nine times? Magic got to the finals nine times. Nine times out of his thirteen-year career, he got to the finals nine times. It's pretty dominant. That's pretty dominant. And Kawhi, right now, these last few years, he's really on a good run. These last few years, he's been on a really good run. And it's kind of weird because. Kawhi is he's he's similar to very he's he's very similar to Dem, Tim Duncan in, in in this way. When Tim Duncan was winning his titles, Tim, by the way, Tim Duncan is the greatest power forward of all time. He's the greatest power forward of all time, and I think we too often talk about these guys' offensive ability, but we don't recognize or we we just forget sometimes how good of like how great of a defender these guys were. We sometimes forget about that. But Duncan was, the, Duncan, Tim Duncan is the greatest power forward of all time. And he was a really good defender. And similar to Kawhi, his dominance kind of, I don't know. But in my opinion, it seems like his dominance go under the, the rug. Because when Duncan was winning his titles and he was really dominant, you had Kobe and Shaq. And then you had Kobe and Shaq. Um, that you know you had LeBron in the midst of his powers. You have you 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 got so many other factors of going on surrounding Duncan and his dominance. And yes, we acknowledged him because he was winning titles and he was winning MVPs. But it was also a lot of great players in the league at the time that was doing some some pretty good stuff too. Kobe, Garnett, Shaq, LeBron, Wade. Dirk. And with Kawhi, it feels like some of the same things. Kawhi, he won his first title in San Antonio, but, you know, we still didn't quite recognize him as the guy yet. You know, you had LeBron, Durant, you got guys like Harden, now Giannis, you know, Curry. And, you know, Kawhi won the title last year. Then we're like, okay, so, you know, the Kawhi train is starting to build up. It's starting to build up some steam because we're now, we're now witnessing, we're now recognizing, oh, yeah, this guy is like, he's here. He's here, and Kawhi is here, and that's what I'm saying. Kawhi's run these last few years has been really good, but 
to Colin Cowherd's point, I don't think it's I don't think that run is long enough to put him in the top five all time. So that's where I would disagree with Kyle Hurd. I, I, I don't think I don't think that's I don't think that's I don't think his run, I don't think his reign, his dominance has been long enough to be in that top five. Like I think I, and I don't think that's debatable. Cause we can all look at that top five. Most of our top fives would align with each other. And most of those guys in that top five would have would have either longevity or a supreme amount of dominance over the years they played. Like I said with Magic. Magic didn't play 20 years. Magic played 13 years. But in those 13 years, Magic got to the finals more times than not. Jordan didn't have the 22-year career, but he dominated an entire decade. LeBron and Kareem have the longevity where they have just been dominant since day one, since they stepped into the foot, since they stepped foot in the league, they have just been dominant. So that is that is where the that's the difference and that's the gap in Kawhi's legacy. Also, Kawhi, you know, as far, we, we we take into account of these things because when we're having these top ten all time lists, we take it into stats. And Kawhi, yes, he's a great two way player, but. He doesn't have the all-time career stats as a, like LeBron does, and it, you know that's you know I think it's, it's it, you might you might argue that it's a little unfair to compare anybody career stats to LeBron's because LeBron is going to surpass just about everybody in in everything, <laughs> but Kawhi he, like as far as in, on the all-time scoring list, Kawhi is not in the top two hundred. Kawhi is not even in the top two hundred. Don't you know Wesley Matthews? Wesley Matthews has more points than Kawhi Leonard. Wesley Matthews. Wesley Matthews has have more career points than Kawhi Leonard. Look it up. Not kidding. I'm I'm, I'm literally not kidding. Wesley Matthews. And it's no shot to Wesley Matthews because he's a good role player and he he plays his role really well. But he does he, he has more career points than Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard's not even the top two hundred points. Of all time. He's not even the top 200 list of all time scoring. So like those all time ranks. Yes, they do matter. <laughs> they do matter. Kawhi doesn't have an MVP. Now, I, do, I, I think in the NBA, I think, the, the, these, I think some of these NBA writers, especially now, you know, these NBA writers, they try to find the best story. They don't necessarily pick the MVP. So I'm not going to hold that against Kawhi as much. But I, but he doesn't have MVP. But like I said, I think the, I think some of these NBA writers, most of the most of the time, they try to pick the guy, they try to pick the player that has the best story. You know, Westbrook a couple years ago, Westbrook had average triple double. Durant left him, got the you know they you know they gave it to Westbrook. But LeBron has four league MVPs. You telling me LeBron like what? LeBron should have like eight. LeBron should have like ten. He should have like ten league MVPs. If you want to be honest, Le- LeBron should have like eight or ten MVPs. So when we're saying, "Oh, LeBron," you know, Kawhi don't have any MVPs. The MVP award in the NBA is a is a tad bit overrated, but I understand the argument. 
I do understand the argument. But with Kawhi, you can make a strong case, and I'm willing to do that. If he wins a title this year, I'm willing to make that case that Kawhi is a top 10 player of all time. And if you want to be honest, because this, this is the tough conversation that we don't want to have. But as far as legacy, if Kawhi wins another title this year, he, as far as legacy, he, will, he would have surpassed Kevin Durant. And, I, and you know, because I, I know there's a lot of Kevin Durant fans out there. I know there's a lot of KD fans out there. And you guys are very vocal. But this is just the way I feel. If Kawhi, Kawhi would have a defensive player of the year, he has three titles with three different teams and three finals MVPs. He'd be the first player in league history to do that. Then with Durant, let's be honest. A lot of you guys, I, I, I don't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't bash KD for making the move to Golden State. But a lot of you guys did. And a lot of you guys still hold that upon him. And you guys question his championships. But with Kawhi, there's no question. Yes, I mean, Toronto, yes, last year Toronto did get a break. If, if Durant was playing and if Durant was healthy, the Warriors would have won. When Durant came back that one game and, and he played those 13 minutes, those 13 minutes, Golden State looked like the better team. They were the better team. They were the they were the, they they look they just looked like the more complete team. They were a better team than the Raptors last year with a healthy Durant. But no, Kawhi won it last year and he has two titles. But Kawhi's always been the man and he's the best two way player in the league. I I I I just think if he wins another title this year, he would have surpassed Durant's legacy. I know Durant has the MVP. Uh, he got he has a few scoring titles. I get it. Durant has that, and Durant might be a better talent. I think Durant is a better talent. Seven feet, can shoot, can dribble, put the ball in the deck, pull up from 30, 35 feet. But Kawhi would have, he has a better legacy. If he wins another title this year, he has a better legacy. And hell, somebody might argue he already has the better legacy. Somebody might argue he already has the better legacy. So before I even like take before I even go to another point, I want to bring up something that I saw last night or that that I was thinking about last night. And what I was thinking about last night was this. When I was watching the Dodgers game. And before I and before the game actually came on, I saw their I saw their starting lineup. <laughs> I saw their batting order and I was like, "Boy, if the Dodgers don't win it this year, if like the like so the Dodgers are, you know, they started off the season one and zero. They beat the uh, they, they beat the San Francisco Giants eight to one. Um, this year the this year the the Dodgers they're tr they're trying to get their eighth consecutive National League West division title. So they have been dominating their division for years, but this year in particular. If they do not win the World Series, it's a disappointment. So it's a, it, it, it'd be a, it, it would be one of the, it would be one of the, like, have you ever seen a team this stacked in baseball and haven't won it all? Like this team is stacked. They have both, they have both American League and National League MVPs, 
and Cody Bellinger and Mookie Betts. They got Mac Muncie, who hit 35 homers in back-to-back years. Justin Turner is a solid all-star veteran, a long-time Dodger. He hit 27 home runs. They got Corey Seager, who won Rookie of the Year. They got Jock Peterson, who had a breakout year. Like, if the Dodgers don't win, they AJ pull, pull, pull off. If they don't win the World Series this year, something is like something is absolutely wrong. But this is why I think they are going to win it. Look at their schedule. Look who they have to play. The Dodgers caught a break this year, and I think this break may prevail them through and get them that elusive World Series title that they've been starving for, those fans been starving for. Because in in the 60-game, in the shortened 60-game MLB season, the Dodgers only have to play the National League West and the American League West. So those teams include the Mariners, the Padres, the Diamondbacks, the Rockies, the Angels. Nah, let's be honest. Like, 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 like let's be honest. And I know the I know I know the MLB expanded its playoffs. That's good. That's good and great. I like how the way they did that. Even though they announced it like last minute, <laughs> they announced it before first pitch of the Nationals game. But that's neither here nor there. But let's be honest. Let's let's just start. Let's just start predicting. The Mariners are going to be. Uh, uh, they're not going to. Come on. Give me a break. The Mariners are okay. They're okay. They're five hundred at best. They're mediocre at best. Rockies get the hell out of here. Padres get the hell out of here. Diamondbacks are okay. The Dodgers are going to run through their schedule. The Dodgers. The Dodgers are going to run through their schedule. Now, in comparison, in in contrast, I look at a team like New York Yankees, who are also title contenders and have a really good roster. I look at the Yankees, and I look at the clubs they have to play. The Yankees play in the American League East. They're going to have to play the National League East. In the American League East, we all know how how good that is with the Tampa Bay Rays and the Boston Red Sox. Um, and then, and and, and and then the national, then the national league is the Phillies going to be pretty decent. The Nationals are the defending world champions, and then the Braves. So that's about three. That's about five teams, five or six teams that the Yankees are going to have to really. That like those are five. Those are legit playoff teams. Tampa Bay Rays. Like it wouldn't surprise you if none. If it wouldn't surprise you if all of those teams made the playoffs. It wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise you if the Rays made it. It wouldn't surprise you if the Red Sox made it. Not too high on the Red Sox this year, but it wouldn't. Excuse me, but it wouldn't surprise you if they made it, even with them losing Mookie Betts. Um, it wouldn't surprise you if the Nationals made it or the Braves make it. Hell, they. I think they are going to make the playoffs. Um, I, that's, at least that's what I'm predicting. But it wouldn't surprise you if, if if the Phillies made it. These are pretty decent rosters. These are pretty comparable rosters. That the Yankees are gonna have to play against, and you look at you look out west in the NL in the in the NL and AL West, the Dodgers they face mediocre or even below mediocre teams. 
I'm not I'm not counting the Houston Astros or the Oakland A's. Um, I'm not counting those teams. But just looking like Mariners, Padres, the Diamondbacks, the Rockies, the Angels. I mean, the, the Dodgers are going to run through their schedule. And then another thing. <laughs> the Yankees are going to have to get past the Astros. The Yankees are going to get past the Astros in the American League. I know you guys are not, I know, you know, a lot of you guys around the country don't really particularly like the Astros, but they're a pretty good team. They're a pretty decent, they have a, they have a, really, they have a really good team. But, and the Dodgers have to get past a Braves team, I, I, a Braves team that I think is really young, I'm, I'm talk, and I'm talking once they get to the playoffs, because once they get to the playoffs, the Braves, you know, for the Dodgers to get to, for the Dodgers to get to the World Series, they're going to have to probably beat the Braves or the Nationals. And now when I look at the Braves, they're a young team. I don't think they're great. I think they're good, but not great. They gotten bounced in the first round a couple times. So maybe they got some playoff edge to them. But they're not that. They're not the Astros. And then in the Nationals case... I just think the I just think the Dodgers I think I just think the Dodgers are too loaded. I just I just think the Dodgers are too loaded. The Dodgers are loaded. <laughs> the Dodgers are loaded, and I and you know I don't want to say that it's gonna sweep through everybody and just you know just sweep through everybody in the in the National League, but who has the easier path to the World Series, the Dodgers or the Yankees? I would have to go with the Dodgers. And looking at the competition that they play. Looking at the teams, look at the potential teams that they got to face to get to the World Series, and do that with the Yankees. I'll have to pick the Dodgers. Let alone just with their talent, just with their talent, I will have to go with the Dodgers. Um. So, uh, okay, let's move on to a topic uh, concerning the Forty ers because I often had these conversations about. Uh, contenders, and I've been t- and I've been talking about it on here um, on my podcast, but I often had these conversations about the 49ers and NFC contenders and AFC contenders, and then there's been there's been some hesitation when I had these conversations, not from me because I, I I feel confident about the 49ers, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna tell you why next uh, or soon, but. You know, people like, oh, the 49ers, that might have been a one-year one year wonder where they were, you know, that might have been a one-year wonder where they were really good last year, they struck gold last year, and they won't be as good as they were last year. Next year, the following year, they won't be as good. And here's why I'm going to disagree with that premise. And also, Steve Young made a point to, about Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle, Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan's relationship. Jimmy Garoppolo has to earn that trust with Kyle Shanahan. And those are those are two important variables and factors. Now, over the last few years, there has been a trend with NFC teams. Um, once they lose the Super Bowl, there has been a trend. And you can probably date this back all the way. This is... That, you're gonna, you, you don't have to date it back to a specific year, but usually the loser of the Super Bowl usually had the following year, usually have a tough time bouncing back. 
and I'm going to point out some examples. Some, some, I'm going to point out some examples, some recent examples. Um, Super Bowl 50, the Carolina Panthers lost. Super Bowl 51, the, the Falcons lost. Uh, Super Bowl 53, last, not, not this past Super Bowl, but the year before last, uh, the Rams lost. Now, those three teams, like I said, Carolina, Atlanta, and the Rams, they, all three of those teams lost. I'm going to tell you the difference between those three teams and this 49ers team. First, all three of those teams had high-octane offenses that year. The Rams, that, the Rams, that 2018 year, high-octane offense. The Falcons that year, that 2017 year, High octane, high octane offense. Twenty sixteen, excuse me. Um, and then the Panthers, they had a high octane offense. Now, let's just break, let's just break it down like this. The Rams were in fi- a financial crisis. Basically, what the Rams did, the Rams put all their stock into these notable, big time star player and these names. Uh, the Rams put a lot of their stock into that. And it's nothing wrong with that, but it, it, there's a downside, and we're, cur- we're currently seeing s- that downward trajectory that I'm, uh, that I'm alluding to. Uh, Todd Gurley, they paid Todd Gurley early. They got rid of him in this offseason. They paid Brandon Cooks. I, and me personally, I think they overpaid for Brandon Cooks because you overpaid for a slot receiver, and you had really two really good receivers in Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. So they overpaid for Brandon Cooks. They paid Todd Gurley too early. Um, they went out and spent some money on defense uh, on guys like Marcus Peters. Took, they took a risk on guys like Akeem Tlaib. They took risk in a lot of areas, and they went out and paid Jared Goff. Um, they took a lot of risk in different areas. So that so that financial crisis that they ran into this offseason and last offseason, last offseason, this offseason, the Rams have ran into a financial crisis and happening to pay dudes and can't really afford it. And those dudes are either hurt or they, they have, you know, they have injury problems or they even traded away like they traded away to They traded away Marcus Peters. So um, they let they let the they, they let Nadamakin Sue walk. So with the with the Rams, they had financial price. They had a financial crisis and financial issues because they 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 put every they they literally, this is literally what they did. They put they literally put all their chips aside into this one basket, and it contained star players and notable names. And they took a chance at it, and one could argue. It worked because they got to the Super Bowl, but they didn't win the whole thing. Um, another thing with the Rams, Sean McVay, I think, is a great coach. I think Sean McVay is one of the better young coaches in football. That's college and in the pros. I think he's one of the better young football minds, offensive minds in football, period. But his offensive scheme last year, it was very Todd Gurley dependent and the Rams O-line wasn't the same like it was a couple years back. Todd Gurley wasn't him same self. And we saw we saw some signs of that in that postseason run, in that Super Bowl run. We saw signs of Todd Gurley not quite being himself. 
So Sean McVay couldn't tweak his offensive scheme. He couldn't tweak his offensive system. Last year, he couldn't tweak it because when his offensive line got weaker and there was no Todd Gurley, Jared Goff, he couldn't deal with the pressure in his face. Jared Goff is not a mobile guy to start off with. And then you add the fact that he has pressure in his face, right in his face, in, 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 the, in the heart of his offensive line. That was, a, that was a nagging issue for the Rams. So that's why the Rams didn't, that's why the Rams had such a tough season last year. Financial problems because they put a lot of money, they invested a lot of money in a lot of big names. And they, and they overpaid for some of those guys. And, like I said, Sean McVay's offensive system, it needs some tweaking. I think he'd be smart enough to tweak it, and I think you'll see some improvement. But I don't know how I don't know how much better the Rams would get. But like I said, offensive system needs to be tweaked with Sean McVay. Carolina, the, the, the you know got you know, they had to pay Josh Norman. Josh Norman ends up walking away. He goes to Washington. His career went downhill. Carolina, Cam first Cam has had his problems with being consistent. That's the one that's one of the nagging issues that I have with Cam. He lacks consistency. And you it's been shown throughout the throughout his career. He lacks consistency. So, I mean, you know, you want to talk about bounce back year or having consecutive back to uh, having having successful consecutive back to back years. Cam Newton just has not experienced that. And you some of you guys can blame it on the injuries, some of you guys can blame it on the ability but the fact of the matter is, he hasn't been consistent. So that's where Carolina failed at. Carolina didn't have a great year the following year because Cam himself hasn't been consistent. Cam hasn't shown to he hasn't shown the level of consistency in his career. So that's where Carolina failed at. And then Atlanta. Well, guess who Atlanta's offensive coordinator was when they got to the Super Bowl? Yes, you guessed it. You guessed it, Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan was the offense coordinator when the Falcons got to the Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan leaves. He goes to the 49ers. Atlanta has been going downhill ever since. Matt Ryan hasn't had quite the efficiency and the effectiveness that he, that he, that he displayed under Kyle Shanahan as his, as his offensive coordinator. And Dan Quinn as a coach... I don't think he's necessarily a I don't think he's like a bad coach, but he's not a good one. He's not a good one. He's not a good coach. So that's where those teams failed at. But with the difference between the 49ers and those teams is first, Kyle Shanahan. It starts at the top. Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan is a better coach than all three of those guys that that you know, he's better than Sean. I think he's a better coach than Sean McVay. He's a better coach than Ron Rivera, and he's a better coach than Dan Quinn. Kyle Shanahan, his offensive scheme and his zone running scheme is effective. It is it, showing. It's, it's, it's successful. His father used it. He uses it. I just think it's more, in a, it's, a, it's more in a sophisticated way that he uses it, but it's successful. It has shown to be successful. 
is shown to be successful, and he has all he has all the pieces he needs for it to be for it for the success to continue. He has the tight end. He has the offense line. Got to improve the offense line with a better left tackle. He has Kyle Juszczyk. He has the pieces to make his system, his scheme work. Another thing is the 49ers had a dominant defense. The 49ers had a dominant defense, and their defense was dominant, and it started from their front seven. Yeah, that's right. They upgraded their front seven this, in, during the draft. Yes, they lost, um, they lost Buckner. They lost the Forrest Buckner, who's a really good player. But they went out and got Javon Kinlaw. I'm, I, I like Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina. I think he's going to be pretty good. I think he's going to be pretty decent. I think he fits what the 49ers want to do, wants to, want to do defensively. So that's, I think those are the key intangibles to the 49ers in them having a successful year. Now, and, and nobody, no, I'm not saying the 49ers are going to get back to the Super Bowl, but what I am saying is they won't have a letdown season like those three teams did, the Rams, the Panthers, and the Falcons. They won't have letdown seasons because they have a, they have a strong offensive-minded coach, and he has all the pieces that he needs on his roster for his scheme to work. Their defense was dominant last year. Their defense was dominant last year, and they were young. They didn't have to. They didn't. They didn't overpay for nobody. They didn't. They didn't pay for nobody. They. They. they, they a lot of those guys are are on rookie deals, and and they, they had to re up arm. Um, they had to re up Eric Armstead, but Bosa, uh, D Ford under contract. That front seven, Fred Warner. Those guys, Dre Greenlaw, those guys are young and they're under contract and on rookie deals. And, not, and the 49ers are not paying them nothing. The 49ers are not paying them nothing. So I think that, so those three intangible things that the 49ers have going for themselves, those are the three things that those other three teams didn't have going for themselves. They didn't have the going for themselves. The 49ers are in, in their salary cap is good. They're in good standing with their salary cap. Kyle Shanahan is a good coach. He's a, I think he's one of the better young coaches in football, if not the best young foot, if not the best young coach in football. And then their front seven was so dominant last year. And yes, like I said, they lost to Forrest Buckner, but they replaced him and got Javon Kinlaw, who's a, I mean, he's a really good talent. He's a really good talent. So I don't see, I don't see no. I'm not saying they're going to be dominant like they were last year, but I don't see no tremendous drop-off for the 49ers. I think they can still win 11 games, and I think they will. That's what I predicted. They'll still win 11 games. They'll still win 11 games. Simple as that. So this Jamal Adams and Jets saga continues to get worse. Um, Now Jamal Adams, um, he came out and said, Adam Gates isn't the right leader for the Jets. And once again, um, this is like the comment that Jamal Adams, he's trying to get a quick one-way ticket out of New York. He's, I mean, he is trying his best to, like, he's telling the Jets, please trade me, trade me. That's what he's telling the Jets because a lot of this stuff is like, if he continues, if he like, if the Jets don't trade him and he stays in the locker room, and I'm not saying that Jamal Adams is a bad character guy, 
I, I think he's good. And like I said, I think he, he wants to play for a winner. He wants to play for a winner, an actual winner. He's tired of losing. He's tired of being third and fourth place in a, a rather weak AFC East. He's tired of that. He's tired of that. He's, he's simply tired of that. And I'm not, you know, I don't want to label him as a bad guy or a bad character guy. But he's trying to win. But if the Jets don't trade him and he stays in the locker room, uh, it's, it's, it's not going to sit well in the locker room. The locker room is not going to be the same. It's going to be this eerie feeling. It's going to be this strange feeling. It's going to be this cloud over the locker room, over the team. Because it's like the best player, you know, came for the coach, say he ain't the right leader. Some players are probably thinking that as well. And on this podcast, <laughs> I, I have, I've had my questions about Adam Gase. I've had my questions about Adam Gase. I have my questions. Sometimes, I, like I, I told you guys, sometimes I, I question is, is, is he coherent or not at times. I question that. But once again, this goes back to my Sam Donald point. Sam Donald, you know, I think he's a, I think he's a good quarterback, and I think there's something there. The last eight games of the season, he played well down the stretch. I, get, I, I give you guys the numbers and stats a multitude of times, so I don't have to go through that. But he, down the stretch, he played well. The games he missed due to mono, the Jets were atrocious. They were atrocious offensively. Offensively, they were they were unwatchable. I, I mean, offensively, they were unwatchable. It wasn't an offense. It wasn't an offense when he when 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 Sam Donald was missing those games. They were bad, bad for business, bad for TV. Hell, I'm not even sure how the fans survived that. But once again, this goes back to I think this is bigger than Darnold. I think this is bigger than Jamal Adams. I think this is bigger than Adam Gase. I think this is an organizational thing with with the Jets. Because let's just take one quick look. Because uh, Sam Darnold came in the same draft class as as Baker as Baker Mayfield, and I'm looking at what the Browns are doing. The Browns now, mind you, the Browns went just went. They just go, went ahead and re-signed Miles Garrett. Now, Miles Garrett, I mean, great defensive player, one of the best defensive players in the league. He deserves the money. But this got me thinking. Look at how many. T- look how many players the Browns are paying. The Browns look at these are the players that they're paying ten million dollars or more for. Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, Sheldon Richardson, Olivier Vernon, uh, uh, Baker Mayfield, Miles Garrett. They're paying Austin Hooper. I mean, the, the, the Browns are paying so many guys on their team. They're, I mean, they're paying so many guys. Literally. They're paying everybody. The Browns are paying everybody. They're spreading the wealth everywhere. They they pay for somebody on their office line. They're paying for two top tier receivers. They're paying for Austin Hooper. They're, they're paying for Miles Garrett. They're paying for Sheldon Richardson. They're paying uh, Olivier Vernon. And I look at the Jets and see who's because Baker. We can't we can't deny it. Baker has a better supporting cast. Baker has a better he has a better supporting cast than Sam Donald. 
He has better receivers. He has a better old line. He has a better. I think we have. I think he has a better coach. He has. He has. Baker has everything going for himself, and Sam Donald has literally nothing going for him. Literally nothing. Literally nothing. And the Jets are crossing their fingers that this young offensive line that they have acquired and drafted over the last few years works out. But I go to the Jets, and I'm looking at their payroll and their salaries, and I'm like. Who are they paying? Like, where's this money coming from? I mean, cause it seems like the Browns are paying for everybody. It seems like the Browns are getting anything they want. The Browns are just paying for anything. And the Jets, they're playing two players. They're paying two players, literally. C.J. Mosley and, 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 and Le'Veon Bell. First of all, why can't the Jets pay for Jamal Adams? They ain't paying nobody. They're not paying nobody. The Jets are literally paying nobody. They're paying, they're only literally playing, they're only literally, like dead smack, literally, literally, they're paying C.J. Mosley and Le'Veon Bell. That Le'Veon Bell contract is as good as done because I don't think he'd be there for long. But they're paying for those two guys. First of all, why can't they pay for Adam, for, why can't they pay for Jamal Adams? Why can't they? <laughs> why can't they? He's by, he's, he's by far their best player on their team. He's their most impactful player on defense. Why can't they pay him? But that's that's a whole that's a whole, that's that's the, that's the whole point. It's a organ it's an organizational thing, and I always tell you guys this. I don't know if you guys downplay it. I know some people downplay it. They don't they don't often talk about it. They just say this quarterback is this and this quarterback is this and that co- and that coach is that. But I often look at the I look at. Who do you have around you? Who's who's your boss? What supporting pieces do you have? And I'm looking at the Jets, and I'm looking at Sam Donald, and I'm not I'm not saying Adam Gase is a great coach or a good coach, but I'm saying, well, damn. I mean, it's kind of hard when you're not paying nobody. You need players. You need players, and the Jets are literally paying nobody. But. With Jamal Adams in that situation, he was he just wants to get paid. I mean, if the Jets gonna pay him, pay him. But they didn't pay him. They're really reluctant to pay him for some reason. I don't know why. The, he's their best football player that they have. Not not just safety. No, he's the best football player that they have, and they're not paying him. So he wants to leave. He wants to walk. I don't blame him because <laughs> you're not you're not winning. You're not winning. So you you, you know you're not getting paid and you're not winning. Nah, you need something. You need to go. You need you need something going for you. You need something going for you. And, and I, I feel Jamal Adams. He wants to get the hell out of town. I don't blame him. Get out of there, Jamal. Get out of there, Jamal Adams. And with <laughs> and with his latest comments, as far as you know, with Adam Gase, that's a one way ticket to get him out of there because I don't know how that sits in the locker room. How how like how do how do you deal with that in the locker room? And I know there's players. Within the Jets, that play for the Jets. I know those players within the Jets that's thinking the same thing Jamal Adams is thinking or that he said. Adam Gates, this, you know, this guy isn't for us. He isn't, he isn't the proper fit for this team. But I didn't get it. I, then again, I questioned the front office. I questioned the GM. I questioned the president of operations, all that good stuff. I, I questioned... Those people that sit in those front office jobs and those front office seats, because I'm like, 
I look at the Browns, and I'm like, the Browns are paying everybody, and they're getting Baker all of the help. The Jets, on the other hand, with their young quarterback and Sam, Don- Sam Donald, they're not paying nobody. And they're reluctant to play their they're, they're reluctant to pay their best player, and they're not paying nobody. The Jets, I, like what? I mean, if 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 anybody know what bank the Cleveland Browns are using, let me know. Let me know. Let me know what bank the Cleveland Browns are using because if they're using a different bank, let me know. But the Jets aren't paying nobody. Literally nobody. Nobody. And if you're a Jets, if you're a Jets fan, I feel bad for you. I feel bad for you. I, I mean, I just completely feel bad for you. If you're a Jets fan. Because boy, oh boy. I mean, who in the hell are they paying for? CJ Mosley and Le'Veon Bell. Everybody else, they, 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 they're not getting paid nothing. Everybody else in their team is practically cheap. For NFL standards, cheap. Pay Jamal Adams. And then with Adam Gates, the Adam Gates situation, like I said, it's hard to judge because you look at the Jets' front office, it's like, well, the front office isn't the greatest. The front office isn't doing its job with giving him the, the proper pieces. But Adam Gates, I have my questions about him too. I have my questions about him too because I don't know. When I just see him, I just... I don't I don't see leader. I don't see him galvanizing the troops. I don't see him, you know, being a a great motivator. Is he an offensive like is he an offensive guru? Is he a defensive mastermind? Who in the hell is he? What the hell does he do? What what does he do? What does he do? It's it's about results. We got to have results. Jamal Adams is looking for results. He wants to win. Sam Donald, you know, like I said, I don't think he has. I don't know. I, I give him the get out of jail free card. Well, not no. I'm not gonna do that. Cause I know you. Some of you guys gonna say, oh, you give him the get out of jail. No, no, I'm not gonna do that. But what I am gonna do is, I am gonna question what is around him. <laughs> what what does his supporting cast look like? Oh, he has Le'Veon Bell. No, come on, Le'Veon Bell. He's not as effective in this system. That uh, Adam Gase in the Jets run, he's just not effective. He's not the same Le'Veon Bell. They lost Rob. Once again, they didn't want to pay Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson was the, was their best receiver. He was not expensive at all. The Panthers are not paying him a boatload of money. The Jets could have resigned him. Nope, they didn't resign him. So you know, Sam Donald lost his favorite target. He's gonna have to find somebody else to go to. He lost. He lost his favorite target. Get this, get this. The Jets had a they had a Pro Bowl punter. They had a Pro Bowl punter and a Pro Bowl kick returner. <laughs> Andre Roberts. Pro Bowl kick returner and they had a Pro Pro and they had a Pro Bowl punter. You know what they did? You know what they did? You know what they did? They they didn't pay for the guys, you know. Pro Bowl punter was too expensive for the Jets. Pro Pro Bowl, you know. Pump returner, too expensive for the Jets. <laughs> they went on and let them walk. The Jets are not paying for nobody. Jets are not paying for nobody. That's why I can't get on here and give Sam Donald hell because I'm like, first, it's like, you're really working against the eight ball. And then second, it's like, who's your supporting cast? And then third, the front office is whack. 
Your front office is cheap. They're not paying nobody. Anybody that's impacting the Jets in a positive way, it seems like they don't want to pay them. It seems like they don't want to pay them. Pro Bowl punter, Pro Bowl punt returner, Robbie Anderson, Jamal Adams. It's like all the impactful guys on the field that, that plays for the Jets, you know, they don't, get, they, don't get, they don't get re-signed. They let them walk. And a lot of these guys, Andre Roberts, Robbie Anderson, the Pro Bowl punt, like they were cheap. They weren't expensive. Like Carolina didn't pay. They didn't pay the kitchen sink for Robbie Anderson. They got him for a really good price. And the Jets could have afforded. They, they, the, the Jets could have. They they they, they could afford it. That's why I say front office supporting cast. It matters. It matters. It matters. And then you know. Let and, and speaking of supporting cast and quarterbacks, <laughs> this is more positive. Once again, Kansas City Chiefs. Another Kansas City Chief came out and said, "Hey." We can win seven Super Bowls. Tyreek Hill on first take recently came out and said, hey, we can win seven Super Bowls. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. You're a great, you're a great receiver. I don't see you as just a punt returner or like some gadget. No, you are a good receiver. You are a great receiver. But Tyreek Hill, if the Chiefs do win seven Super Bowls, you're only going to be there for three. <laughs> you you only gonna be there for three. You're not gonna see the, the you're not gonna see the entire seven. But they're not gonna win seven Super Bowls. And see, this is what I mean. You see what I'm saying? Everybody thought I was crazy when I came for the Chiefs and when I came for Chris Jones on the previous episode. But I'm like, I didn't. No, that's no that's no disrespect to the Chiefs. That's no disrespect to Tyreek Hill and Chris Jones. That's no disrespect for them. They're really, they're. I mean, those are those two are really great players, and they're really impactful for the Chiefs. But they're not going to win five Super Bowls. They're not going to win seven Super Bowls. And Tyreek Hill, you're not going to be there for all seven. You're not going to be there for all seven, bro. You're going to be there for like three. If they do win seven, you'll be there for three. <laughs> you won't be there for all seven. But they're not going to win seven. And, you know, I gave you guys the reasons. First, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Baltimore is a well-ran franchise. Baltimore has a good record. I mean, not a good record. Baltimore has a good roster. Actually, if you check the odds, um, Kansas City, they're favorites, obviously. They're plus 600, but the Ravens are plus 650. So like, it's, they're, they're, So the Chiefs are barely favorites. They're, I mean, they're, they are barely favorites to win it all. You're not going to win seven Super Bowls. Stop. Stop. New England didn't win seven. Stop. Stop. And you want to be honest, New England got lucky a couple times. You know, Seattle, you know, Atlanta. You know. But we ain't going to talk about that. But Kansas City's not winning seven Super Bowls. Sorry to break it to you. They're not winning five. They're not winning six. They're not winning seven. They'll possibly win two more. I think they'll win two more. I think they got two more in them. I think they got two more in them, and, and that'll, that'll give them three. Be good. Be, be good. I mean, come on. Seven and five. 
Not happening. I gave you guys the reasons already. They're paying a boatload of Mahomes. They're paying a boatload of Chris Jones. And those deals, I think they deserve those deals. But it's the fact of the matter that the NFL is a hard salary cap league. It's a hard cap league. You can only pay so many guys. You can only pay so many guys. And then when you pay particular positions, you're going to have weaknesses in others. So that secondary may not be as good as it was last year. That secondary may stink a couple years. Mahomes may have a, a, may have a, a mediocre or an average offensive line one year. I just think it's a bit outrageous that, you know, they're saying seven. Come on. Come back down to earth, Tyreek Hill. Come back down to earth. Come back down to earth. Um, there's so many young quarterbacks in the league, so many good young quarterbacks in the league, that not to mention you still have you, you know, your Hall of Fame level quarterbacks in the league. Please, please, Kansas City. Please. I, I, I like you guys. I like the Chiefs. I like Mahomes. I like the I like you guys' story. I like how the way you guys play. I like it. I, I'm all for it. But seven, no. Six, no. Five, no. Come on. Stop it. Please stop it. Please. Yeah, man, please stop it. So, I was watching the Nationals game. Um, let's move on. <laughs> I was watching the Nationals game, and I was watching um, the Nationals game versus the Yankees. I was excited. I was excited. You know, Nationals won their World Series. I'm from D.C. They won the World Series. So, I was happy. Um, f- you know, I was happy about that. And I wanted to see how they play against the Yankees. The Yankees um, are a legit title contender. Um, in the American League, I, I I think they're the best team in the American League, but they had to get past the Astros. But let's be oh boy, that game was boring. I, I don't know if it was the ESPN telecast. I don't know if there was it was the commentators. The commentating the commentators from ESPN really didn't help because it was uh, you know they kept mentioning the fact that fans weren't there, and I'm like. Yeah, we see it. We see that fans are not there. So I can't, you know, that you know, it was this it was just like boom, it was quite boring. And with a slow methodical sport that baseball is um that doesn't help. That 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 just doesn't help because I mean, I was looking at it. I'm like, I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, okay. And you know, it, it wasn't necessary the Yankees or the Nationals because both teams are really, I think both teams are re- going to be really good. Um, if none of their notable players get sick, I think both teams are going to be really good. And like, there's a lot of play- there, was a, there was a lot of great players on the field yesterday. But the tele, the ESPN telecast, I don't know what. I mean, they kept mentioning the fact that it's, it's no fans at the ball. Well, yeah, duh, obviously, <laughs> like. <laughs> And they made it boring. They kept stretching, and I'm like, ah. Uh. Um, so hopefully, hopefully these other sports networks and channels will will broadcast these games a bit better. Um, because with, I just know with baseball, you have the foul balls, you have the home runs, and usually that's where you see you see fans interaction, you see the crowd interaction. They kept talking about it. I'm like, yeah. We it's apparent, yeah. No fans there. Yeah. 
And they kept drag. I mean, they just kept dragging it. They kept. Dra I mean, boy, oh boy, they kept dragging it. Also, I looked at the um, some NBA scrimmages. Boy, oh boy, it's a it's a it's a it's a crucial time for Chris Middleton. I saw him play, and I was like, boy. He said, I, "I believed him." He said he didn't pick up a he didn't pick up a basketball for four months. I I believe him. I believe you, Chris Middleton. I believe you. <laughs> I believe you. I I I wholeheartedly believe you. You did not. It, it looked like it. You didn't pick up a basketball for months. For, for four months, it looked just like that. It looked just like that. Boy, oh boy, he looked. He he didn't look too good. Hopefully, he get back in the groove and he doesn't call. He doesn't cost Giannis. An NBA Finals berth <laughs> because boy oh boy he um he did not play well that did not look good that was not a good look but um this is gonna wrap it up for you guys this is gonna wrap it up for me guys we did it we this is a great pod today really enjoyed it came on here with some topics um I don't know how you guys feel about my hot take with Kawhi I feel pretty good about it um I think you know like I said if Kawhi wins another title. You, it, it, it's a it's a strong argument for Kawhi to be in the top ten all time list. Now he has to work on like his records, career records, uh, all time rank, like because that scoring, like he's not even a top two hundred score of all time. We got to like he got to get in the he got to crack the top. He got to get in the top fifty. You know what I mean? So you know, he just started. Just you know, he just started distributing the ball. And averaging more assists, um, so you know MVP a MVP award would help Kawhi's case, but I think if he wins another title, you would you would he would definitely be in it within the top twenty. If Kawhi wins another title, he'd definitely be within the top twenty, and maybe in the top dozen. But he had to start he had to start working on some all time career points. You know, he got to start working working on that towards that because Wesley Matthews has more points than Kawhi Leonard. He has more career points than Kawhi Leonard. Got to work on that. That doesn't that doesn't that doesn't look right. That doesn't sound right. But thank you guys for tuning in again to another episode of the IKP episode one. This one episode one thirty eight, one thirty nine. Yeah, thank you guys for tuning. In. Thank you guys for tuning in. It was a pleasure. I'm I'm excited. Um, I hope you guys are excited. You got you guys just got to keep your masks on wherever you are. If you're in New York, you're in Houston, L.A., Miami, Chicago, whatever. Where if you in if you in North Dakota, keep your mask on. Please keep your mask on at all times. Wash your hands so we can get through the pandemic. So we can get through it. It's not a political statement. It's a health statement. It's for your it's for your well being. Take that in. But like I said, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. Um, thank you to all the first-time listeners. Thank you to all the last-time listeners. <laughs> thank you to all the listeners that we have picked up throughout COVID-19. Hope you guys stay with us. Hope you guys been enjoying what you've been hearing. Um, and without further ado, i let you guys go. And always remember, two choices, one decision. Continue to spread the podcast and spread the love. I'm out. I'm gone. Deuces.